Hey friends, I'm Ash. I'm Elle. We are Lovey Cosplay. This is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say, and we have some international cosplay competition updates for you first today. So congratulations to the new team WCS USA 2024. This is Koneko Ani and Kira Masquerade. They did Madoka and Homaru from Madoka Magica. So they will be the U.S. representatives for 2024 in Japan. Um, we also got some really exciting news over this past weekend that ECG is coming to the USA. Super exciting. So we were told this could never, ever happen. Mel's losing her mind. I'm sure there are many old competitors like us who are losing it. Because we were told this could never happen. Because this used to be called the European Cosplay Gathering. And so previously, unless the United States accepted a wildcard invitation, we could never be part of ECG. Now, it is the Extreme Cosplay Gathering. Word is not yet out as to which convention this will appear at, but keep your eyes on HOMAT, because it is the most likely convention to end up obtaining this competition. And once we know for sure, we'll tell you. We will. Obviously, we care. But but that's the, that's the guess right now, is that HOMAT is the most likely place to end up obtaining this. Yes, that is our assumption. Yes, so, so. I would keep an eye on HOMAT and see if they update for this year. HOMAT does tend to wait quite a while typically like october before they say what their internationals are going to be for sure so sometimes later um they have done it really late sometimes so just keep your eyes on that Um, home at yes is still pretty much on christmas this year so it is the wednesday thursday and friday before christmas 20th through the 22nd or something i'm just like what It is the 20th through the 22nd. So it is literally in the middle of the week. So it's not up to Christmas Eve. It's like a couple days before that. And for any of you that participated in Hallmat Hunger Games this week. Congratulations if you got a room. Congratulations if you got a room. Um, I'm going to guess it probably wasn't as difficult as most years. Um, I I don't know. I guess we'll find out because that hasn't happened yet by the time that we're recording this. Um, but it will true. happen by the time this episode comes yeah, out. That's true. Um, speaking of things that are coming up, also keep an eye out for Yomacon is our other convention here in the U.S. that typically does international qualifiers. And usually you start to see some info about that pop up around August. Uh, that being said... The coordinator is a little busy this year because Luna Lady of Light is one half of Team USA along with Karmata Arts. So break a leg Team USA for World Cosplay Summit in Japan. They're going to be leaving shortly after this episode airs, I do believe. Break a leg. Um, Also break a leg to our friends from Team Spain, um, Gail Fick, who was our coordinator for the International Cosplay League and their partner, Samurai Cause. I unfortunately am out of town for a wedding the weekend of WCS, so I will not be staying up or getting up ridiculously early to watch it like I have in normal years because I'm pretty sure that the family that we're sharing hotel rooms with would probably frown upon that. I think it's going to depend on what time it falls specifically. 
I did not make it for the AX prelims because it was excessively late. Because it started at 9 p.m. LA time, which is 11 p.m. here. So I did not. um, And it wasn't released until really last minute that they were even going to stream it. So most people were like, oh, it's not on the streaming schedule. So they're not going to stream it. It was not on the streaming schedule. I I set an alarm and it kind of looked for it to see if anything had been mentioned about it when I was like half asleep and then I didn't immediately see anything. So I went back to bed. But apparently it was it was on. After seeing all the TikToks from AX, I am now afraid of AX again because, oh, my God, <laughs> that is a <laughs> lot of people. And that looks like a catastrophe waiting to happen. I mean, I feel like any big con's probably like that. But like, how do... No, there's nothing like this. That was bonkers. Now, my understanding is what they were... What people were showing is the entrance before you get to the dealer's hall before it opens. So it's all... Like, that's from what I'm understanding from people who go, but it is still pretty bad. And so my first question is, like, if you're competing at AX, is there, like, a special entrance or something? Because how the hell do you get your set and, like, your person to the main stage if it's that crowded? Like, literally, you could, like, you couldn't move in the space. It was just an amoeba of people. But now, now I'm afraid of AX again. It's too many people. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if... If entering their contest is enough to make me deal with that. I would need like a lot of, of reasons before I could ha- deal with AX. It's a bucket list. I will go someday. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what capacity I will go in, but someday. I don't know that I could physically go to the convention. <laughs> it's too many people. <laughs> I was worried about C2E2, and it's nowhere close to, like, how many people AX has, so. But speaking of going and contests and things, so I know we said we weren't going to do any contest episodes this season, and we changed our minds. Haha, you know why we can do that? Because it's our show. Because it's our show. (laughs) The competition community is still part of the community, um, but something we've seen a lot, particularly this summer already, is people being so panicked about not being able to win when they enter a contest. Like every help and advice forum, every contest forum, multiple posts daily of, I don't know that this is enough to win. If I do this, will the judges like it and will I win? I didn't win. I don't know what I'm, why I'm entering contests because I'm not winning I don't, I saw XYZ who's also entering, so now I might not win, so now I don't want to enter. Um, there's just a lot of focus right now on winning. And I'm I'm starting to wonder if the particularly the new generation is unaware of the other benefits that you can get from competing besides, like, winning awards. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a possibility for sure. And if you think about it, you know, the community was online for three years. So people who came into it in that time may not be aware of how things usually happen in a green room or those other benefits that you can get from being part of a contest besides winning well, an award. Yeah. Well, and if you're a newbie to the contest circuit in general, it's just it's a little different the first time that you show up to a green room 
And if you don't have any idea as far as what to expect from Green Room culture, I can definitely see how you would feel separate from the other people that are there with you, especially for a show that you've never been to before. You've got all these people that maybe have known each other for years in the competition circuit. So it's it's very hard going from a, you know, post-pandemic, you know, online-only platform for, for seeing and meeting people to then going into this very intimate place where, you know, back when we started, it was all about your interaction backstage versus now it's it's different for the people that aren't haven't ever been exposed to that. We thought we'd talk a little bit today about the other benefits you can get from entering a contest. And you're probably thinking, isn't winning the whole point? Well, like... It can be. I mean, everybody wants to win. Like, you can want to win. That's not a problem. Like, we're not saying you can't want to win an award. Like, yeah, you're entering a contest. You kind of would like to win an award. Like, that makes sense. But as we know from personal experience, when you get super caught up in winning an award, you end up real disappointed when you lose. And you get very grumpy and very mad at the world. If you go in with the sole reason for you being there is to win an award. And we're not saying just like lose as in not getting an award. This can mean not getting the award that you were hoping to get. Absolutely. Or not getting the award that you quote unquote think you deserve or whatever. And it's totally valid to have those feelings of disappointment around not winning like Elle said. But yeah, even if you do win an award, if your only purpose for going to the contest is to try to win the award, you could win best in show and still come away hating that costume set and talking about tearing it apart into pieces and burning it eight years later. Clearly talking from personal experience. Isn't it almost, isn't it nine now? It was 2015. Was it 2015? So we're, we're a little over, eight, a little over almost eight. eight years. Yes. Almost eight years yes. since we got that best I still show. want and to I burn still, it. still talk about how happy I am that I've physically destroyed some of those pieces. Right. And have removed other pieces for repurposing. If you haven't listened to our back catalog, we are talking about our Silica and Alicia from Sword Art Online costumes that we won our first best in show with. That we wanted to throw across the room. But I will say, and we'll probably get to it, um, but the contest we did after that is a really good example of other reasons you can do a competition. So, well, and also having other reasons to be there can really help with the nerves as well as the disappointment. Because if you can focus on other reasons to be in the contest besides winning, it starts to pull that pressure off you a little bit and makes it easier for you to enjoy the time that you have. Yeah, if you have a different goal in mind besides just winning the contest, then you're not spending all of your time focused leading up to the contest at the convention in the green room. And then even like during your waiting period, just focused on that one thing. It it opens you up and kind of frees you to enjoy other aspects of being there that you might not have thought about if it's not something you've been exposed to before. I will say this helps me a lot with some of the frustrations that go with competing is to not 
focus so hard on, well, if I don't get an award in this contest, then it was all not worth it. And to recap our competition journey in a nutshell, honestly, we're so guilty of this. It's not even funny if you look back, because one of the reasons we haven't competed as much as we should have is because we get too focused on winning. Like, we spend too much time on one project, don't let ourselves do anything else, because it's like, well, we need to make this costume and we need to win. And part of that came from us moving into certain positions really quickly, I think. As I was kind of thinking back on this, I think it came from us feeling like we needed to uphold a certain standard because we started guesting very quickly and we started judging very quickly. Um, and so it was almost like, well, if we don't keep winning, we can't uphold this standard that we feel we're expected to have. And now that has changed. Like, you don't, your your standard isn't held by the contest you've won anymore. No, it's not. Like, that's Which is good. It's good. I mean, it is good. I still think that judges should compete, you know, in some shape or form at least once or twice so they understand. But yeah, I think it enough so that you understand the process of how competing works from the other side. Right. But guesting and judging is no longer based solely on whether or not you're winning awards, um, which is, it's it's a good thing. It allows a more higher, wide, larger variety of crafters to be involved um, and a larger variety of cosplayers to be involved in like that whole convention scene as a whole. But it's definitely one of the reasons why in as many years as we've been doing Lavi cosplay, we really don't have that many awards because we don't casually compete, so to speak, where you take something that isn't this thing you've spent years on and you go to a competition. And, and part of it, too, is we were very, very careful when we first started to make sure we didn't go into Masters too quickly and we ended up in Masters too quickly anyway. So it didn't matter. Yeah, because <laughs> to recap... We used to compete a really long time ago, and then we stopped, and then we came back, and then all the contest directors that we talked to, for the most part, were like, yeah, none of that counts anymore because everything's changed, so you get to start over. And we're like, okay. I mean, if that's how the the world works now, then we'll go with it. So we started out again when we came back after our gap in Novice, and then do-do-do-do-do-do. Like, it was the next year we were in Masters already. Yeah. With two best in shows. Yeah. So we felt like we had to uphold this high standard, which, given our work schedules and at my time, grad school, um, it also meant that we only competed every once every, you know, one to two years because it was like, well, we only have time to make X. Yeah, because we did, we technically did two costume sets in 2014, one in 2015, one in 2016, one in 2017, which we then pretty much remade for 2018. And then we did, and then 2019 was our year of ICL prep for the qualifier. And then the pandemic hit and anybody that's listened to anything recently has every idea how that's gone. Well, and pre-pandemic, I was not really doing my own sewing either. I was doing everything else and you were doing all the sewing. So that has changed drastically, which allows us to do more because you do not have to sew everything. 
I do not have the time to sew all the costumes anymore. So it's it's good that that's changed a bit. But this format unfortunately means we missed out on a lot of a lot of opportunities to meet more people and make more friends and be on stage and learn new things. So back then we tended to win. And so when you win in the United States, you can't reuse a costume. Now I think that's actually going to change, which we'll talk about a little bit, but I think we're going to lose more frequently um, because things have changed drastically in the competition scene. And there are people who were able to take a lot of time during the pandemic to learn a lot of new skills. And we were the people who were not able to. So we now have to catch up a little bit. Overtime. So much overtime. <laughs> so much overtime. So we have to catch up a little bit. That's just how it is. Like, so I've taken Harley on stage twice now. She still doesn't have a craftsmanship award. I can keep putting her on stage and coming up with a new skit until she gets one. And there's no rule that says I can do that. <laughs> as long as it's not the same skit. Like, it's totally fine. But then it gives me more opportunity to enter more contests. To then meet more people, to then have more experiences. The other thing about us is we like performance contests. If there's not a performance element, you're less likely to see us there. Oh, yeah. We're probably not going to do it. Which also <laughs> makes them more work. Well, yeah. That's the other thing that because we're not and, and we don't want to say that crafters have less work. They, they don't necessarily because there are some costumes that you would craft that would make terrible skits. Like you just wouldn't be able to design a skit for them or or they would take the same amount of time as one of our higher level costumes and a skit you're almost doing two projects at once and so it does tend to take about twice as long to do both all of the skit work and the costume work and have them be at the same level so that is also why we're slow (laughs) on getting stuff done um because we insist on performing every time we get on stage. Oh, no. Every time. <laughs> I don't know how to do a walk-on. It would have to be a very enticing costume or contest to make me do a walk-on. I think the only walk-on I've seen you do is when we wanted to support a new local convention. That's true. That was a walk-on. I think that's the only one I've ever done that I can think of. I, I literally I can't think of any other time I've ever done a walk-on. In 24 years. I don't do them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like doing it. <laughs> like if I'm going to spend all that time at my con. I want my two and a half minutes on stage. <laughs> like. That's just how it is. For real. That's just how it is. That fear of losing after you've put so much time and money and energy into something is very real. That's a very real feeling. Like we all get that feeling. This used to happen to us like a lot because we would put so much import because we would spend all of our energy on one thing. It would almost become unhealthy how concerned we were about not winning something like it caused a lot of stress (laughs) to be like, if we don't win, then all this money and time was not worth it because we sacrificed like doing other projects and other things and doing things with other people and sleep. Sleep. And if you find that you're having to do all those things for your projects as people who have done this, you may want to reevaluate if that is healthy for you. 
We found it was not. But it took us almost 10 years to figure that out. I mean, I am proud to say that I am probably like going on four or five years without a pinched nerve in my shoulder from cotton crunch. So that's because we had a pandemic. Well, yes, but even then, (laughs) like we've done, we've done other costuming things since the pandemic. So I didn't get one with Kogyoku. So even before that, I think um, I might have done one with Nehalinia 2.0. I don't remember. Oh, that was too far ago. <laughs> and I mean, this is still, I think this is something that particularly like anyone, but your higher level competitors are going to wrestle with forever. You're going to go back and forth on this fear of not winning. I think it's just it's just a natural thing that happens. It's kind of why we're not working on anything massive right now. Because we just, we need a break from the, like, strain of a massive project. It's refreshing. Yeah. I I have liked so far doing a project that has no rules. That's been kind of great. Like, I'm going to do this right now. Boom, done. Oh, hello, sir. What are you doing? Are you trying to steal the microphone? He's trying to turn the knobs. You cannot change the microphone, sir. You can't do it. He disagrees. He does yeah. disagree. Yeah. He disagrees. Yeah. Is that so? Okay. All right. We've returned um, because the executive producer decided to shut off Audacity. <laughs> yes. He thinks this is hysterical <laughs> he because he just shut off Audacity. He's trying to turn on he's, my He's knobs. trying to change the settings on the microphone currently. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> You cannot change the microphone settings. I did turn off my keyboard, oh, though, so now I can't. That's probably a good plan. Button We're going to have to put, like, a cage around your microphone <laughs> so you can't, like, touch it. Okay. It's very funny. It is not that funny, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir, it is not that funny. <laughs> no, it's really not. It's not that hilarious, mister. He disagrees. He apparently thinks it's absolutely hysterical. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. At least we have the Skype audio. <laughs> yes, this is why we also record on Skype because if it can go wrong, it, it will, go, will wrong. go wrong. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Yourself. Anyway, All right? Where were we? Moving on. Oh yes. So yeah. So we're not working anything big for a bit. We're just kind of doing our thing. So we said, as we mentioned, we got to get some new techniques down, get some new things going, um, you know, that kind of thing. Does that mean you're going to see us on stage more? Eh? Maybe? I mean, I'm working on some smaller projects, so they could show up if I'm somewhere. Um, but for us, like, with larger projects at this point, I don't, we don't see any reason to not just take them to an international first. It just makes sense to go to an international prelim first. But yes, if we have something that qualifies for an international contest, there's no reason for us anyway to not try to go there first. Yeah, and just then if that doesn't work, then take it to a regular con. Well, and honestly, a lot of the places that do the international prelims in the States, you also qualify for regular masquerade awards. Right. So, I mean, if that doesn't work, it's always an option. But it was just a really cool experience, and we want to travel more with cosplay. We've been talking about that for a couple of years and just started it, so. 
Yeah. Might I as mean, well. It just, I'll go back to Europe. Sure. Why not? If, if you have the opportunity to win a trip to another country or get a piece of paper, I'm going to go to the con that's going to give me a trip to another country first. <laughs> I mean, I already have pre-checked and... Uh, <laughs> right? It just, that's just, it's not necessarily about, like, winning. It just makes more logical sense to us. So then the big question is, why would you compete if you aren't sure you're going to win? Or if you have a costume that you, like, didn't put your heart and soul into? Like, why are you bothering? I'm pretty sure the original intention of competing is it's supposed to be fun. I think. I think. I'm not sure because, like, it's kind of being a mixed bag. (laughs) But, um... You know, in most cases, you're not making, like, tens of thousands of dollars off of it. So, like, it's supposed to be for fun? Well, and honestly, like, here's the deal, friends, and I'm sure we've talked about this before. You don't get extra points for the amount of heart and effort and importance a cosplay has. You just get points for results. Yeah. Your heart and effort... An importance to you that your cosplay has might impact how much time and money you put into it, which could therefore impact the result. But yeah, your judges don't care. It has nothing to do with anything. Someone walks in with their quote unquote casual cosplay and it happens to be better than, you know, X person's cosplay that they worked on for two years than it is. Like it doesn't matter that you put more time and effort into the costume, the only thing that matters is the result. A lot of people would like to say then person A with the casual cosplay shouldn't be entering because they might beat someone who this contest means a lot to. And that's not how this works. (laughs) And we we used to put this on ourselves too. Um, where it's one of the other reasons you haven't seen us at just whatever cons we can go to is because we used to put this expectation on ourselves that, well, we can't go and compete at X con because somebody might get mad about it. Or we would feel really bad if we went to X con and won an award and beat out like a new cosplayer and discourage them from doing it in the future. Yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Kind of over it. Like, will I take into consideration what I take to, like, a smaller contest or something? Sure. Something I have planned for internationals, I'm probably not going to take to a smaller contest. Uh, no. Absolutely not. But, like, I'm also just... I'm also not... I also no longer want to sit on these costumes that are not bad costumes just because... I think someone's going to get mad if I compete at a smaller contest. Like, I want to go on stage and have fun. Somebody might and probably will beat me. <laughs> like, there's no there's no guarantee that you're going to win anything. But we used to just not do it because we were so concerned that people would accuse us of steamrolling a contest. 
which is typically the term people use when you bring something that is way higher level than what would normally be seen at a contest. Well, and one of the reasons why we put this on ourselves is, again, because in the beginning, we got those types of reactions. Like, it was our second contest, I think, that we showed up to, and we had made the decision that, and this was part of our quote-unquote strategy for not entering Masters right away, we went to a small local con and decided only to participate in performance and not craftsmanship. But we got there, and we're like, these costumes are, they're, they're fine. Like they look nice, but they're, you know, we didn't think going into it that, you know, we were going to potentially win anything. We didn't want to win a craftsmanship award because we didn't want to get bumped up into a category, um, before the, the big con that we were going to go to. But we're like, there's a really good chance that we could have got best in show with these just, you know, based on who else was entering in craftsmanship and doing performance. Um, or at least got a really high performance award and a really high craftsmanship award. And it was just like, huh. But these people like that were there were talking to us and they were like really upset that we showed up and had like pre-recorded audio and props and were making like little comments about the fact that we were there. And we had never met them before. It was our first time ever at this convention. And it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I still remember that. And we had other people though make comments after that about being concerned if we were going to show up to a con or not because they were worried that they weren't going to win. And we were like essentially brand new back on the scene after yeah. being gone for a Nobody time. knew who we were. But in that very short amount of time, we got that like apparently quality reputation. I don't know what you would call it where people were making comments like that where they're like, oh God, Lavi's showing up. So now we're not going to win anything. Well, it's about a contest like anybody. It's anybody's show. You don't know. I mean, the hard part was we got two best in shows and a judging gig in one year. That didn't yeah, help. Yeah, because our, our two best in shows <laughs> that we got that year were like literally four weeks apart. That didn't help the situation. So, you know, we went in, came back into this, which we also had a similar reputation with our group that we competed with before, where people would get pissy when we would show up because we almost always won something. Awards and things worked very differently in the early 2000s. Craftsmanship really wasn't the focus um, until later. You know, people would get mad. Oh, no, they're going to be back again. That big group's going to be back again. No, 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 no. And it didn't take very long for that to happen to us when we came back into the scene. So that did unfortunately discourage us from trying a lot of conventions that weren't bigger, that didn't have larger stakes because we were afraid people were going to get mad at us. Now we're too old for that, so <laughs> we don't care anymore. Um, because I feel like I missed out, and I mean, you can speak for yourself, obviously, but I feel like I've missed out on a lot of opportunities to meet new people by putting that on myself. Well, and just conventions that I would have liked to have attended at some point in time, but we've talked about it before. The only reason we go to cons is to computer run programming. So there's a lot of them that we just, you know, kind of crossed off the list and never quite made it to for the simple fact that we, you know, were discouraged from, you know, we were coming back into this in our, our twenties being like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. So yeah, I would say we definitely missed out on some things. 
Auntie Ash and Auntie L are going to tell you if you want to go and enter the contest, just do it. Don't care what other people think about it. As long as you're not breaking any rules, you do you. Because like that green room experience is when you learn about all this new stuff. If I want to learn about techniques, I go up to the person that did the cool technique and gush about their costume and talk about how awesome it is and ask them questions and trade social media information so we can chat later. I mean, one of the biggest benefits of a competition is the green room. That's why we were so sad about St. Louis because we didn't have it. We didn't get the green room experience. We also didn't get it at SakuraCon, which was really unfortunate. Because having that time to go and look at the work of your other competitors and talk shop is a huge part of the competition experience. And then being able to make those new connections and make new friends comes from that green room experience. But when that's like taken away from you at a con, it's actually kind of disappointing. (laughs) I was really sad at St. Louis that we didn't have the green room experience for longer than like 15 minutes. Because they, so they put us, if you guys may not remember from our St. Louis um, episode, they, um, we were in like the green room space for a really short period of time. And the only reason we were even in there at all was because our judging time was pretty close to call and we didn't feel like walking all the way back to our room because we were like outside across the street and it was really windy. Um, But they lined us up in the hallway for the entire show. So you couldn't see anybody or talk to anyone. Unless they were directly in front of you or behind you. Yeah. Now, and because we were at the very end of the show, we weren't in the green room with everybody. Because we were, like, in the last, like, five entries or something for the show. So we didn't get to talk to anyone. We didn't really get... We got to talk to the lovely people who were in line with us. That was about it. And SakuraCon, although we had lots of time... You couldn't see anybody because we were stuck in the dark backstage. We were stuck in the dark. So we were all chatting by phone flashlight. So nobody got to get like people's instant. And then they they threw you out. They like threw us out immediately afterward. Like you had to get, we had to get out of there because they had scheduled things too close together, even though it was super early in the morning. So it was really strange. You know, you had, we had to move real fast. So, like, nobody got to exchange information. No one really got to, like, I found everybody afterward through, like, other people's stories. And I was kind of sad that we missed out on that because there were a lot of really neat costumes at that show that I would have loved to talk to people about. Like, it's that piece of judge in me that wants to talk to you about your costume. Mike, I just, I want, and, and I know I said to a couple people, I'm like, okay, sorry, the judge in me is going to come out, but I just need to look at this. I need to tell you how, how great this is and how this is cohesively works with this. And, you know, like, I miss having that. Like, just have, because we don't just randomly compete. We don't really get that anymore. Um, which means we're also not making a lot of new friends because we're not backstage. But then you also can do contests with your current friends and hang out backstage. And that's super fun. So I touched on it just for a second earlier, but our our second busted show that we got that year, our plan, because again, in our particular region of the U.S., you can can go up in categories. We had entered at Journeyman for one show and we're like, all right, it's cool. As long as we don't win best in show 
we can bump up to masters and enter at masters at the next con and take the same costume set because in our particular area, that's how the rules worked. And that was considered socially acceptable due to the size of the conventions. But we got best in show. We're like, well, we already have a hotel room and we already have badges. So we grabbed one of our other friends who was in the same masquerade that did not win something. And we're like, you, we're going to put this skit together and we're going to make these costumes in the next four weeks. (laughs) And it was super fun. And thus, friendships are born. And luckily, Elle was on break from grad school. (laughs) That's right. So I can make that costume. Because otherwise it wouldn't have happened. No, it would not have happened. It would not have happened. Well, then, of course, the other thing you get out of competing is stage time. Um, I know I've mentioned a lot before that due to where I live, there's not a lot of performance opportunities outside of burlesque. So the only chance that I get to perform is if I'm in a contest. So by not casually competing, I have also not gotten on stage very frequently. But the other nice part about more casually competing is it kind of gives you that freedom to try things that maybe you wouldn't try for something more like high stakes. Like if you want to try a new performance technique or a new trick or try something different, there's like less pressure when you try it in like a less high stakes environment. I would say kind of the same thing for crafting too, though. Like you feel less stress and pressure if you're bringing a costume with something that's newer to you to like a lower stakes contest as opposed to like a higher stakes contest. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing that people don't necessarily realize about learning new techniques, if it's not something that you've ever had to do, like after you've become a master of a craft and once you're in that quote unquote master's category for competing, just because you've never done, you know, let's say 3D printing before, doesn't mean if you 3D print something that they're going to let you go back to novice. Right. stuck in masters forever. So you may have only made one piece of foam anything in your life, and it doesn't matter that you're trying to make a full suit of armor now. If you're already in masters, you're going to get judged as masters, even though your foam work might be novice work. So getting that practice in and being able to see how different things work in a competition setting is actually very beneficial to you as a crafter for learning and growing in that particular skill set. So I think a lot of times that's why you see a lot of people who will get up to masters and then just specialize in what they know and not really branch into anything else because they're, again, they're scared of what's going to happen if they enter something quote unquote lower quality. You don't win is typically what happens. And that's okay. It is okay. But yeah, getting experience with new techniques, getting experience being judged can be another value of competing that isn't necessarily winning an award. And I know you all know how much I hate this word, but there isn't a better word to describe this, but exposure. Exposure. Being in a contest gets you on stage in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people. So it can be a good thing. You can leave an impression even if you don't win an award. The one that I think of every single time is Vampire Hunter D. We did not win a single award, but we were the talk of the convention. But we did not get an award. Can still get recognition and exposure from the audience themselves, even if you don't walk away with an award. I think Crown is a really good example of that, too. Because people just get recognition for the fact that they got in, even if they didn't win something. Like, just getting in crown can be enough of a goal for a lot of people. I know that would be, that's, I don't plan on winning anything in crown, but I'd love to do it sometime. 
And that would be enough for me. I'd be like, okay, I got in. Cool. Now I get to hang out with all these people I know. Hooray. In the green room. Woohoo. Because <laughs> I already know everybody in this contest. <laughs> right? We're already friends with all of you, but now we actually get to hang out back here instead of watching you on the computer. Cool beans. Yes. Because we don't want to go in person. Because we do not go in person. Because I am not. No. No thanks. No thanks. That's a really big room and a lot of people with a really long line. I want to sit in my pajamas and eat dinner and watch it on the computer. I will pay the $20 for that. Because now I think it's up to like, what was it, 24 or something? I don't remember. I don't know. It was something ridiculous. And it's it's different now, too, than it was like back in the, the early 2000s. I mean, because before, whenever we would do contests, then immediately following the contest, your competitors would like go find a position in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Or on the first floor, whatever floor of the convention center, your event room was on and they would just park it and you would just stay there. And depending on, you know, how much of an impression you had made on stage, you might be there for a good hour after the show, just standing in one place, having people take pictures of you. That was just part of the culture back then. Um, I don't really see that a whole lot anymore um, as far as people catching people after contests, but... In the age of social media, now people are looking back at their their videos that they took on their phones or um, videos that are posted by the convention or other congoers and, you know, finding those people on social media. They're finding them on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or YouTube or wherever so that they can follow their work from there. So it's not that immediate, like, at con experience, but you get that, you know, constant exposure afterwards. I mean, part of it also is, too, is that the conventions typically are shooing you away from that because there's another event coming right in afterward. So it's usually like, a, you cannot be in this space. We don't go where you go, but you can't stay here. But it's also important to note that um, you can't win anything if you don't try. So you automatically don't win if you don't try. You can be concerned about what these other novices are bringing or what this person has or what you're doing, but you automatically lose if you don't go at all. If you lose, you can just take it somewhere else. Well, and so like cosplay contests are not like baseball. This is not your batting average where we're taking your total number of swings and how many hits you get. That's not how this works. It's more like a dog show. Where if you go to enough shows, you will eventually get enough points to move up in class and get your title. Pretty much. I mean, I mean that is, yeah. yeah, no one's no one's counting your average. No one's keeping track of how many conventions you've lost in comparison to how many you've won. Like, nobody's doing that. Like, that's not a thing. Only you, to yourself. Right. Like, that's yeah, not... Exactly like you, not... That's not a thing. In the post, there'll be a little graphic of some of the reminders that we have here of other reasons to compete. You should think about the fact that competing should be fun. And if it isn't fun, why are you doing it? We'll go ahead and uh, post some extra competition episode links in the show notes. I'll get you hooked up with all of those. Yep. I'm going to stop talking before I completely lose my voice. That's fair. But I'm Ash. I'm Mel. We are Lobby Cosplay. And this is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. You've been listening to Shenanigans Cosplayers Say, produced by LVC Productions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, 
Twitch, and YouTube at Lavi Cosplay. Our podcast Instagram is Podcast SCS. Our website is lavicosplay.com. Have a fun, crazy con or cosplay related story, absurd cosplay question, or just something in general to share with us? Email us at podcastscs at gmail.com or DM us at podcastscs or lavi cosplay on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because you can doesn't mean you should.